Welcome to Space Lore NBA Podcast. My name is Connor Geelan. And I'm Connor Flannery. This is our 84th official episode. The trade deadline is in five days and four hours. <laughs> Precise. We're here to talk about it. Yeah. Let's start it off with talking about the moves that have already happened. Because even though we've got some time left, there's already been a few things that have gone down. The first being, even though it's not a trade, Blake Griffin to the Nets. Now, the buyout deadline, I guess, is different than the trade deadline, but... We haven't really covered this yet, and, and, and I don't yeah. even think Blake Griffin has played his first game for the Nets yet, but it feels like it's something that's worth going over very briefly. Yeah, so my first reaction to this is people are overhyping the hell out of it. I agree. Because Blake Griffin is no longer an all-star whatsoever, and honestly, he's not like mm-hmm. a, he's not this great role player either, but the reason it's significant for the Nets is because the Nets are the most shallow, top-heavy team in the league, so any mediocre role player is going to be great for them. But it, like on on the on the Lakers, someone who they 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 have a bunch of depth. They have like Montrezl Harrell. Um, they have uh, Markeith Morris. Like Blake Griffin would kind of just be another Markeith Morris for them. Whereas the Brooklyn Nets, they they have zero bench players, so he's gonna be like their best or second best bench player, and that's gonna be notable, right? But people are like photoshopping the big four. Yeah. Having yeah, Harden, silly. Kyrie, KD, and Blake Griffin. And, like, people would acknowledge that he's, like, the fourth best player. Mm-hmm. But, no, he's not. He's not the fourth best player on this team. Joe Harris is. He yeah, might, he's probably not true. even the fifth best player on this team. Maybe he is. I don't know. But the bottom line is, I think that he will be impactful because the Nets are so shallow. But this is only a big move because the Nets are in such a precarious situation. Yeah. And, and I want to highlight one thing you said, which is that you called him a bench player. Yes, he's probably not going to start. Like, that's at least at least when he first... Uh, when he first like gets on the court, he's gonna be coming off the bench for a little bit. Maybe we'll see his down the season, like down the line during the season, if he's playing really well. Maybe he earns a starting spot. Um, I think positionally, this move makes a lot of sense because the Nets do need a small ball five, and I think that Blake Griffin can play that position. Um, but I think the problem with this move and why I think it's getting more credit than it deserves almost is that I think that it makes the the, the Nets' strengths better and doesn't really help their weaknesses. That's also. a good point. Good point. So Blake Griffin, when he you know in his in his most recent like great season on the net or sorry on the on the Pistons a couple of years ago, when he like was single handedly battling the Bucks in the first round and stuff like that, a lot of what he was doing was playmaking. He was bringing the ball up the court. He was kind of being like the playmaker for the Pistons, which was weird because they were a bad team. But like that's some of what his what his game has transitioned to. I don't think he's dunked a ball in an NBA game in a couple of years, by the way, for Blake Griffin. That's shocking. Yeah. Um, so his game has changed a lot, and he's a lot more perimeter-oriented. And so for a team that's already got these three ISO scorers, playmakers, guys who can do a lot with the ball in their hands, you don't really need a fourth guy who does that, right? You need the 3 and D wing, or you need the like lob threat and, and rim protector center. And I think that Blake Griffin, while he still has some... Well, he'll still bring things to this team, especially off the bench in terms of that playmaking, that scoring, maybe some shooting on the outside. With this, with the with the Nets really need this at the center position, I would argue, is defense and rebounding. And I'm not sure Blake Griffin brings that as much as some other guys would. Yeah, I wish they could. I wish they could have hold uh, held on to Jared Allen. Yeah, uh, because, absolutely. Because he's yeah. like the the perfect guy for them, just lob threat kind mm-hmm. of in the in the Clint Capella role for James Harden, if you will. And by the way, like. They would absolutely take Jared Allen over Blake Griffin. Like, yeah, to course. be clear, right? Like yeah. even though you're like Blake Griffin is a former like All NBA first team kind of guy, 
right now, today, you would take Jared Allen over Blake Griffin if you're the Brooklyn Nets because it fits their needs better. But that's kind of what we got to say about that, right? Yeah. We can go on to the next move, um, which happened a few days ago with P.J. Tucker being traded to the Milwaukee Bucks. The, the full trade is as follows. Um, going to Milwaukee is P.J. Tucker, uh, Rod- Rodorans, Karooks. <laughs> um, he was the guy that was drafted by the Nets. Um, and I, I read into the trade, and this wasn't in the headline, but apparently Milwaukee also re- reacquired their 2022 first-round pick yeah. um, that, that they originally traded. Um, and then... The Milwaukee is giving away DJ Augustine, who's their backup point guard, DJ Wilson, who's kind of been like a young bench guy for them for like three years now, um, and a 2023 Bucks first round pick. Mm-hmm. Um, until I saw that the Milwaukee Bucks reacquired their their own 2022 first round pick, I thought that this was a little much for PJ Tucker. Like you're giving away a first round pick for a guy who is not going to start for you, because presumably Brooke Lopez yeah. is still starting, um, and so. That was a little concerning for me. All like you gave up three first round picks and Eric Bledsoe just to get Drew Holiday, which you aren't using even as much as you probably should on offense. And now you're you're giving up a first round pick for a bench spot up guy who can defend, but again, he he's he may be in your crunch time lineup. He may not. Yeah, I I would I would bet that PJ Tucker probably will be because I think also PJ- Bro- Brooke Lopez has not played that well this year. Yeah, so. that's true. And and also I think like if you run these lineups where you have uh where you have Giannis to five, I think that becomes more likely in the playoffs too. because uh, I think you have that hi- that helps you hide his like weaknesses in the playoffs better also. If you can run a lineup where Giannis is the five and you put PJ Tucker at the four, or even you say it's the other way around, like PJ Tucker's been playing five on the Rockets for the last few years, and even though he's like six six or whatever, like you know, he he plays bigger than his than his height. Um, and so I think there's value in that. I think he's versatile. You also have to remember P.J. Tucker is one of the highest three-point percentage shooters from the corners in the league. Um, and so what we've been seeing for P.J. Tucker on the Rockets for the last few years isn't flashy, but it gets the job done. And I think it's exactly the kind of thing that the that like every contender would love to have. And so I think that the Bucks make a good move here in, in, in getting in getting P.J. Tucker. In terms of what they lost... I think you would have hoped before the season that DJ Augustine was going to be more than what he has been. He's only been, pl- only been playing about 20 minutes a game, 19 for the for the Bucks so far this year, uh, averaging six points per game, shooting like 38% from three. So like that was what he was supposed to be is this like off the bench, three point shooter, you know, playing some backup one, but he's also like shooting worse from the field than he is from three shooting 37 percent from the field like so it hasn't been a great year for for dj augustine and so yeah i think i think he i think they've been disappointed in his production this far and so i don't think it hurts too much to give him up like you said dj wilson he's still pretty young the bucks drafted him a few years ago i'm pretty sure um but he, he he's not offering anything for them like today exactly he uh, pj tucker is an upgrade over dj wilson for the playoffs this year right and and Maybe you'd like to keep developing DJ Wilson moving forward, but I think you got to go in all in on yeah. on what you've got right now for if you're the Bucks. So I don't I don't mind this move at all for them. And, and obviously the Rockets were going to have to trade PJ Tucker, and getting a first round pick is not half bad. Yeah, um, I've just been monitoring the Bucks situation because I'm I'm like a, a semi Bucks fan. Okay. Um, and so I I guess this is the move that in my head I'm thinking like okay you, you're not going to go out and trade for a fourth guy to complement Giannis mm-hmm. Chris Middleton Andrew Holiday so I guess this is where, like the strategy to beat the Brooklyn Nets presumably in the Eastern Conference Finals is just out 
out-depth them and out-defender them. And so I actually think, now that I'm thinking about it more, I think P.J. Tucker fits both of those qualifications. Yeah, so, yeah. yeah and, and I want to give a huge shout-out. I was sort of on the topic of the, the Bucks in the playoffs. Giannis had that game the other night. I think it was against the 76ers, I want to say, um, where he had the turnaround. Or like where he, had the th- he, like, a, uh, he like pulled up for a three-pointer at the top of the key, and then the next position down, hit like a turnaround jumper from the free-throw line. And for as much talk as we hear about like Giannis not being a closer, he closed that game strong. He put it away. And there's that picture of like him sitting on the court with his like arms crossed <laughs> and the Bucks all around him. Like he went like he he came up big down the stretch for them. And so I hope it's a sign of things to come for the Bucks because I that was that was really exciting to watch. I was watching that game live. And so S- Stephen A. Smith went on his show and he was like, "This isn't the sitting I want to talk about. The sitting I want to talk about is what Giannis is doing on his couch every year in the playoffs." And I'm like, "What? <laughs> like, oh my god! Like this is like like I like Stephen A. He's entertaining, but like this just wants me makes me want to like blow my brains out. Like, dude, this isn't." <laughs> not not everything has to be about whether he's the top player in the league because he can make the finals or not. Yeah, also, that whatever. was a year ago. Whatever. The, the last move we got to hit that's happened so far this trade deadline is um, Trevor Reese to the Heat and then Myers Leonard to the Thunder. Uh, my, uh, the Heat also gave up a second-round pick. Um, yeah. Sam Presti, the GM of the OKC Thunder, just adds to his stockpile of picks. Like they're collecting them like they're yeah. Pokemon at this point. <laughs> gotta catch uh, them all. You gotta catch them all. <laughs> um, and so they, they said that Myers Leonard is not gonna play with the Thunder. For, um, for the like Twitch reasons, yeah. right? Because he used a radio slur. I, I, I mean, for, first of all, I guess like, I wanna go into that a little bit. Like I kind of, I kind of agree. Like yeah. probably he probably shouldn't play for the rest of the season. You know, if somebody picks him up next year, like so be it. But um, I don't know. Like that's. Uh, Shouldn't shouldn't fly, I guess. I think, but yeah, we'll see what happens with Myers Leonard. And then Trevor Ariza, he hasn't been playing this year for OKC. Presumably, he he was doing the PJ Tucker treatment as well, where mm-hmm. PJ Tucker and Trevor Ariza, they're like old guys who are banged up. They're like, I am not gonna waste my body on a really bad team. I'm gonna wait until they yeah. trade me. Um, and then so PJ Tucker and Trevor Ariza, they both got traded. Trevor Ariza, honestly, like I don't think he's gonna add that much. But then again, he got traded for almost nothing. Yeah. So. You know, and why not add another wing guy? I also want to bring up uh, how big Jay Crowder was in the Heat's playoffs run last but year. Jay Crowder is better than Trevor Ariza. I think on so, too. On offense and on defense. I think so, too. But that was the Heat's deadline move last year. And so yeah. look for Trevor Ariza to potentially bring a lot to the Heat this year. We'll see if it actually happens. But that was the key thing that I think made the Heat, like, you know, from from just a playoff team to like they actually like pushed it to the finals is like bringing yeah. that veteran presence that was Jay Crowder, and you're seeing how much it's hurt them this year not having him because they decided to pay Myers Leonard over him, <laughs> right? Myers Leonard was an eleven million dollar <laughs> per year contract, and they didn't bring back Jay Crowder. Yeah, that's looks bad now. That does look bad. Um, anyways, but now let's look forward mm-hmm. to the trade deadline again happening in five out five days and now three hours. Okay. So, let's just go over a few names, a um, few names we're going to talk about. First, Bradley Beal. He's probably not going to get traded. Yeah. I would I would bet heavy money. But in any trade for the – in any episode for the past two years – With tra- – <laughs> like, like Bradley Beal's name is synonymous with trade rumors, yeah. right? Like, Yeah. No, but, but you, he, we have I, to bring him up to say – it to at least yeah. say, like, probably not happening before this deadline. Yeah. You know? 
Um, I feel like he's the new Vucevic. Like, Vucevic from the Orlando Magic. He's I the- think Vucevic is still the new Vucevic. Like, <laughs> I, I still think... No, no yes. <laughs> but Vucevic, like, for the past four years, yeah. has been on the trade block. Yeah. No, I, I, I think... Um, I think I forget where I heard this, but, um, but I think, and I, I heard this. I think it's probably true that Bradley Beal is probably waiting to request a trade for until like next year's trade deadline or something like that, where he'll be an expiring contract. We'll have only like two years left in the deal instead of three, or like one year deal left in the deal instead of two, because the longer he waits and the longer he gets into this contract, the more he'll be able to say like, no, I just won't resign there if you trade me there. So he'll be able to sort of push the Wizards' hands, the other team's hands, say, like, he'll be able to control basically where he ends up by saying, okay, trade me to the Knicks, but I'm not going to resign with the Knicks if you trade me to the Knicks, right? <laughs> or maybe if he goes, if he wants to go to the Knicks, he'll be like, trade me to the Knicks because I'm not resigning anywhere else you trade me, right? I, you know, he, can be, he will be able to do that if he's an expiring contract, but right now I think he still has three years left on his deal. Like, that doesn't really fly. Um, so I think that's what... I've heard that that's what he's waiting for, kind of, and I, and I believe that. Um, but until then, it's 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 a little disappointing. Like you know, Russell Westbrook's had a few like forty point games recently, like a couple of, like triple doubles or whatever. But the Wizards still are on like five game losing streaks left and right. It feels like so uh, a little disappointing that he's still there. Honestly, yeah. Next up, Andre Drummond. We've already talked about this. Yeah, he, he, we, we talked was, about the was, rumor. Yeah, yeah, we talked about the rumor that was. By far, our most viewed video on YouTube yeah. of all time. It blew, it, okay, it didn't blow up. But it blew up by our standards. For our standards, yeah, yeah. it totally blew up. It was like doubled our view um, count for any other video. So thank you guys for that. Subscribe on YouTube, by the way, and like this video. Absolutely. Um, and so I feel like at this point, we have to ask, like, oh, can anyone just get bought out and just sign with with the Nets, yeah. right? Because at this point, I'm, I'm sitting here as... It, again, it's my internal Knicks complex, and I'm like, I'm like, man, like they could be going to us, you know, you know, because mm-hmm. um, again, like free agency sometimes gets overpowered. Yeah, because there are no kind of hedges against unfairness. Yeah, there's no. no like tampering. You don't think that Andre Drummond, when the Pistons played the Nets, like Kevin Durant's like, hey yo, come here, because that that's what Blake Griffin said. Blake Griffin said um, that I think. Kevin Durant was the biggest advocate for him to come. And so obviously, you know, there are texts being sent behind the scenes, etc. Mm-hmm. So where where would Andre Drummond go besides the Nets? Because we've already talked about the Nets. It would be ridiculous. Um, he, he would bring a decent amount of the strengths they need from a center in that rebounding, in, in defense. Other teams, maybe like the Celtics. That's where I'd like to see him. because because they've been they've been looking for a center for years now. Yeah, no, and, and that's not to say anything's wrong with Daniel Tice, but like or Tristan Thompson. Yeah, or Tristan Thompson, or even Robert Williams. He's been good recently, I but think, I, I think, think uh, I think like on the rebounding stuff, yeah. like like Andre Drummond's better than any of those guys. Andre Drummond is what Tristan Thompson was like three years ago. Yeah, yeah, like yeah, on his best day. Yeah, which is a general good. Yeah. Um. So, so I guess that's what I would say. Even though I think that like like the Celtics have three three centers that are all they're they're like they're you could even say that like Robert Williams isn't getting enough minutes right now. They're all seventy nine overalls. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. No, but I, so I guess like in a vacuum, he could just like add Andre Drummond to that starting lineup. Like I think it would make them a better team. But like maybe maybe you don't do that because there's already you already got three centers there. But I don't know. 
I, I, I guess so. So, so I would say like the Celtics, if not the Nets, um, you have written down the Bucks and the Spurs as well. I feel like, I feel like those don't make as much sense. Like if if the if the Spurs or I mean we'll get to Lamarcus Aldridge, but if the Spurs aren't keeping Lamarcus, then like why bring in Andre Drummond? Unless they're still trying to make a playoff push this year. But like if you look at the standings, the Spurs are in the playoffs right now. Yeah, they're seventh. Yeah, Uh, they're seventh seed in the West. I mean, yes, I I think they're not necessarily win now, but they're they're not rebuild. Yeah, yet. On the on the broader topic of of buyouts and free agency though that you that you brought up like. I don't have really any problem with buyouts if it's a place that you were traded to, right? So if if you're Andre Drummond and you were on the Pistons, you got traded to the Cavs, you didn't request a trade out, you just ended up there, right? Like sort of like, you know, you know, like not against your own will necessarily, but just like you didn't really have a say in it. Um, I don't have any problem with Andre Drummond saying like, I want out. Let's but let's figure out a way for me to go join the Nets or go join a contender, right? And the same thing goes for Blake Griffin, right? But because he was traded to the Pistons from the Clippers, he didn't go sign there. I don't think. Yeah, I'm right about that, right? Nope, Blake Griffin signed. Did he sign? Yeah, it was a buyout. No, no, no. To the Pistons from the Clippers. Oh, oh, uh, traded, no, yeah, right? you know that was a trade. Yeah, that was yeah, a trade. Yeah, yeah. That was a trade. Um. So, I, so I don't have any problem if 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 you end up in a place that you didn't choose to go to yourself. You know what I mean? Like if somewhere that you're traded, then then I think buyouts are fine. I think if you go. If you go sign somewhere and then two years later they're like, I'm disappointed, I want to buy out, that's overpowered, I think. Yeah. You know, that's where I think that like this new like there's a new wave basically of like player empowerment and saying like players should get a say in what teams they go to and whatever, being able to request trades, being able to get buyouts, whatever. I don't have any problem with that if you just like end up there and it's against your will and like you feel like you should go play for a contender, you're too good for this, like okay, so be it. If you go sign somewhere, you shouldn't be able to go get a buyout, I don't think. Well, what about, like, the thing that comes to my mind is Russell Westbrook and James Harden signed Supermaxes with the team that they were already on, and then, like, a yeah. year later requested a trade. I and, and, and you could say the same thing about Bradley Beal. Like, everybody's talking about Bradley Beal getting out. He just signed an extension, like, a year or two ago with the, uh, with the Wizards, too. Um, you know, I, a lot can change in a year or two, but I kind of... I'm sympathetic with the teams. Like, how are you supposed to commit all this money? And then, you know, this, then, then, then like all of a sudden they're requesting a trade. But I think it's different in a trade because at least you get your value back. The problem with a buyout is you get nothing. Like free money. <laughs> by the way, like buyout means you have to still pay that player the rest of their contract and they're no longer on your team. Like yeah. Josh Smith, the Pistons or the Hawks or somebody were like still paying Josh Smith until like last year. Just has been retired for like it's like twenty sixteen. <laughs> That's or the dream. Like that. That's yeah, he gets like, pension. <laughs> so buyouts are confusing and they're like messed up. Um, but if the if the Pistons really aren't gonna be able to trade Andre Drummond for any, or sorry, if the if the Cavs are gonna be able to trade him for anything else, then then a buyout to the to the Brooklyn Nets I think makes the most sense here. Um, and it's hard to see them getting anything for him because they got him for like a second round pick yeah. and like a couple names you've never heard of before. Um, so, I don't think his value's gone up since then, you know. Uh, so, so we'll see. But I think I think it's seeming more and more likely that he'll just get bought out because I don't know who's going to trade for him, right? I don't think the Nets have anything they can give up for Andre Drummond, but they would just take him <laughs> if he's available. <laughs> awesome. Uh, next up, let's go. Let's go uh, talk about Victor Oladipo. Yeah. 
there are a few teams that have been thrown out in rumors, the Miami Heat and the Golden State Warriors being the main two. Mm-hmm. Um, for the Golden State Warriors, I think it makes sense, but I think he kind of just fills the Wiggins role, like athletic shooting guard that can kind of make plays, can kind of score off the dribble. Um, the only other thing that Victor Oladipo would bring is defense. But maybe at this point in his career, like Andrew Wiggins is having a pretty solid season. Yeah, so I don't he know. He just dropped 40 the other night. Yeah, he did. Like so, I said, maybe last honestly, night. Honestly, as a Steph Curry surrogate fan for the for the Golden yeah. State Warriors, I wouldn't really want Victor Oladipo just because I think Andrew Wiggins is fine. Like, why, why mix up something when Andrew Wiggins, we knew if you were going to keep him, which it looks like they are, that's an investment. So, and the only way they would trade him, in my mind, would be for, like, an all-star. And Victor Oladipo is no longer that, which is fine, but at this point, I, I would just I would just chill, you know? Yeah, no, I, I think, and I also heard, like, Kevin O'Connor of The Ringer was talking about this in a video or a podcast or something, and, and he was saying, like, what happens when Clay Thompson comes back, too? Um, I actually don't think this was Kevin O'Connor, I think it was his, like, you know, his, his partner, his co-host... Um, like what happens when Clay Thompson comes back? Uh, and then Kevin O'Connor was like, "Well, Clay Thompson might not be everything that he was before he got injured." Also, you know, so so his shooting will still be there because he's Clay Thompson. But what happens if his defense isn't what it was, or this or that? Um, so I, like it's not that it makes no sense because obviously Victor Oladipo is a good player. He would make the he would make the Warriors a better team tomorrow. Um, but like I'm not, I'm kind of with you. Like I don't know that it really makes all that much sense. Um, he brings some defense. He brings some ball handling. He brings some scoring on some nights, but he still isn't like what he was as a scorer yet. Um, and we'll see if he ever gets back there. But for the Warriors, I don't think it makes as much sense to gamble on Victor Oladipo as it does for some of these other teams that we've got listed. Um, like who? Like, the Miami Heat, I guess, right? Like, I I don't know. It, it's it's hard because I don't know what you give up to get Victor Oladipo is the other thing. So maybe it isn't even that much of a gamble. Um, but the Heat, like, if you're missing Jake Crowder right now, if you're trading for Trevor Ariza, then hell yeah, give me Victor Oladipo, right? Like, isn't that exactly the kind of guy that the, that the Heat would he would need? Like, he seems like he fits Heat culture to me. He, he seems like baby Jimmy Butler. Yeah. I feel like. Yeah. Um, the Ma- like you got the Mavericks listed. I think the Mavericks would take him absolutely. Um, the other thing I, I don't know. Like we could talk about this. I-, I guess I don't I don't really see the Warriors thing is is what I- what is what I'm saying. I you have Nuggets, Mavericks, Heat, Knicks listed. The Knicks are a whole different story because like whatever they're the Knicks. But there's the question of like how much do you give up to get Victor Oladipo? And he's also going to be a free agent this summer, right? Like like you're yeah. getting like. There's a chance that you're getting like a half a season rental on Victor Oladipo, which decreases value. And for the same reasons I was saying, like Bradley Beal might wait till the end of his contract to request a trade. Like Victor Oladipo gets some say in where he's going to be traded because he could be like, sure, trade me the Knicks, but I'm not going to resign with the Knicks, right? And then yeah. the Knicks are a lot less likely to trade for him. Um, so I don't know. It's hard to say. Like it'll, I think it'll in part be determined by like who can offer the most, you know. Is Victor Oladipo going to be willing to re-sign? And then, like, how much pressure does a team like the Mavericks feel to go trade for Victor Oladipo right now when they think that they can re-sign him, when they think that they can sign him this summer, right? Like, Yeah, that, that's a good point. Although, I think the Mavericks actually might be the most incentivized out of teams yeah. on this list because 
they are having a very disappointing season. I but agree. I, also, I noted next to them that the Mavericks also like have very few picks, and yeah, I, I don't like, think what do you they because they gave two to the Knicks. Uh, they gave one to someone else. I forget who. Um, they are not in a position to give away more future assets for a guy who could leave. Yeah. So the Victor Oladipo thing is confusing because there's like, on the one hand, he he will help you for the playoffs, but on the other hand, like, there's no guarantees. You know, it, like like he's got free agency coming up, and and right now he's looking like the biggest free agent on the market, also because everybody else is like resigned or is on a new team or or things like that. Um, so we'll see. But yeah, I, it's that's a weird one. Yeah. Next up, Lamarcus Aldridge. They have released a statement saying that Lamarcus Aldridge has played his last game for the Spurs, which is I, it makes me feel old a little bit because I remember when yeah. I remember when he when he signed on the Spurs when, when he right? signed yeah. with the Spurs and it was like the biggest thing. It's like oh my god, the Spurs have Lamarcus Aldridge and they have Kawhi Leonard. Oh my god, it's over for the rest of the league. Yeah, they're gonna win, and they did go on to win. I think 67 games that year. Just the problem is the Warriors won the 73. Julia like step under. Yes. Yeah. And and the Warriors won 73 games that year yeah. as well. And so I remember that team and it, it, it does make me feel so old cuz like who's going to win the LaMarcus Aldridge sweepstakes? Uh like and it, mm-hmm. it felt like it felt like almost like what Kevin Durant did this summer in, in terms of the every team in the NBA was like, "Oh, like who who's going to get the stud?" Um and now he's just like old. He's the bench player. Like yeah. wh- whatever team he's gonna go to, he's gonna be a bench player. Just because he's kind of like slow, and he he just hasn't been good this year, honestly. You know what's interesting here is is we we haven't noticed like what's his value like. Um, how does he compare to the other guys who are getting bought out? Like, are we saying that Lamarcus Aldridge is more valuable today than Andre Drummond is, or than no, Blake Griffin is? Definitely not more than Andre Drummond. Right. So that's more that's the interesting Griffin. thing. Is like. Nah, I would probably take Blake, Blake Griffin, honestly. Now, Lamarcus Aldridge has the advantage in that he can shoot, right? Like he's Blake got Griffin the, can shoot too. But not the way that he could a couple years ago, at least, like the stats are saying. And like this year, I think he's shooting like 32% from three or something like that. And I don't know what Lamarcus' stats were, but Lamarcus has this this reputation as like dead-eye mid-range shooter, got the three-point range, right? So if you're looking for just like a catch-and-shoot specialist or like these little turnaround like post-game uh, moves and I think Lamarcus is still very very solid. Like I think that I think to dismiss Lamarcus as washed or as like not valuable or as just a role player I think is is overlooking some of his value. Um, but he's certainly not what he was as you mentioned like when he was the second best player in free agency as of like four years ago or whatever. Yeah, and honestly speaking, of that I think that the most likely destination where he'll go is back to the team where he left, the Portland Trailblazers, yeah. because they have. Nurkic gets injured all the time. I think he could just be a better version of Enos Cantor. Mm-hmm. Hopefully, if he fulfills his potential, he could just be a no. better version of, of Enos Cantor. Enos Cantor has sh- been solid. He can shoot better than Cantor. He doesn't play defense like Cantor, and he doesn't offensive rebound like Cantor. But in this, in the ter- in terms Enos of Enos Cantor is like, not a good defender. What are you talking about? I'm saying he doesn't play defense like Enos Cantor. Oh, in that he play he plays better defense. I'm saying neither of them play defense. Oh, oh okay. I'm saying that that's the similarity. Yeah, yes. I think they have different strengths on offense, but the, in terms of like the all offense, no defense at this point, yes. at least in Lars' career, yeah, yeah, I can see the similarities. Yeah, so that's why I make the comparison. The other team, again, like you, every every time like a good kind of oldish uh, role player guy comes up, you have to talk about them about mm-hmm. the Miami Heat. But I think that the guys that they have, like like 
so obviously Bam Adebayo would start. So who's the guy off the bench? I think Kelly Olynyk offers more, specifically for the Miami Heat because he's he's a better defender and I feel like he's more mobile. And I yeah. Feel like like Kelly, there were times in in the playoffs last year where Kelly Olynyk was like pulling deep threes and that yeah. were, and that brought something to the Miami Heat offense. And no way in hell Marcus Aldridge does that. No, I I don't. I'm not so sure that like the three point ability. I'd say Cal- you definitely take Kelly Olynyk over Lamarcus, but Lamarcus can still hit them. But these like little mid range turnarounds, like that doesn't go away. Like I think if you if you feed Lamarcus in the st- in the high post, he can still get you buckets. I don't I don't think that's changed. The problem is he can't defend a pick and roll for it for his life at this point. You know, um, so I think if you're looking for some offensive firepower, if you're looking for some veteran leadership at the at the like small ball five, you know, like. Lamarcus, Lamarcus Aldridge, I think, still brings some value. Um, but, like, yeah, I, I don't know. Like, like I think I think the, I think the Heat are interesting because now they're looking for a Myers-Leonard replacement, for one thing. True. Um, but at the same time, like, I don't... If they're going to have to give up anything to the Spurs to get to get him, like, if, like, there's no way anybody's giving up a first to get Lamarcus Aldridge, I don't think. So... Yeah, no. So, like... You know, if it's a buyout, the same thing. It's like, like, of course, the Heat are gonna take Lamarcus Aldridge if he's in a buyout. But like, are they gonna be? Are they gonna be willing to trade? Like, I don't know. I don't know. Like, you know, Casey Akpala or like Prashad or something like that to like get Lamarcus Aldridge. Like, yeah. I don't know. I don't think so. But but we'll see. Um, but I, I don't know. Like, I, I think I think maybe like I, I don't disagree with like your your like Lamarcus Aldridge like has lost a lot of value. But I think I think as like a as a playoffs like reliable bucket getter from the from the post, which obviously like the post values of scoring has gone down, um, I think I think Lamarcus Aldridge still brings something. Like I think old there's head. a lot of teams who would, would would still like to have him. But yeah, yeah, call me an old head all you want. But I, <laughs> no, but I think I think Lamarcus Aldridge still has value basically. Next, I want to move on to kind of a bunch of guys on the Orlando Magic team who yeah. teams making the playoffs would want. Which is weird because the Orlando Magic are not good right now, but they mm-hmm. have a bunch of players that teams that are good at basketball would love to acquire. Um, this includes Aaron Gordon, uh, Evan Fournier, Terrence Ross, Kem Birch, and Vucevic. But I don't, I don't think Nikola Vucevic is going to get traded. Um, so I mean, in, like in an ideal world, Nikola Vucevic would go to the Celtics, and like everybody would be happy, right? <laughs> like, like there was a rumor there for a second, but it doesn't seem like that's going to happen. Yeah. So Aaron Gordon, he's he's also baby Vucevic in that he's always in trade rumors. Yeah. Um, but it, it would always be framed as like, oh, like a young player like Aaron Gordon. But Aaron Gordon's like twenty five or twenty six or something like that. Yeah. Um, which is crazy. I don't for for whatever for reasons I don't a, a thousand percent understand. Like, really smart NBA fans and like analysts are really high on Aaron Gordon. Like, yeah, I don't on really other get teams, it. you know, like. Like as in like Aaron Gordon would be great on like every team except for the Magic, <laughs> but like, like I feel like he's been like mediocre like his whole his whole career, and so maybe I'm missing something. Like I know he's a good defender, but like, I'm not so high on like Aaron Gordon as this like elite trade piece that everybody wants to have because <laughs> uh, maybe I'm missing something. But like Aaron Gordon's been like eh, you know. I mean, so, he's shooting 41% from three this year. What? Yeah, yeah. On, on four attempts per game, that's actually very solid. That's that's more than solid. That's good. Yeah. Wow. No, I mean, I mean, he's definitely like. Fourteen. He's having a good season. He's definitely like a very good starter. But 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 he's if you're not, talking about he's not a very good starter, he's an average starter. Well, the NBA fifteen so points. Talented. Fifteen points per game, forty percent from three, and a good defender. Like yeah, that's a that's a good. that's a very good starter. 
It's a good starter. <laughs> okay. <laughs> We're precise. So, so, so you have written down the Thunder, Blazers, Spurs, and Grizzlies as as potential yeah. destinations. Yeah. So I, I wrote down the I wrote down the Thunder because the whole like young player trope. He, he's turning twenty six in September, so he's still twenty five. Um, Bla- I don't see the Thunder as buyers though. Well, you could see the Thunder's buyer for like guys that they would be that would be good in like two years. Yeah, but like I think Sam Presti's on the like pick stockpile thing, and like who knows when he cashes any of them in. But like, I don't think that's for Aaron Gordon. I don't know. Anyways, Trailblazers. I think that he could actually be very good for them. You could have yeah, Nur- absolutely. You could yeah. have Nurkic to the five. You could start Aaron Gordon at the four and then move Mel to the bench. I think that would be the perfect scenario, and that that would be exactly what the Trailblazers need, yeah. especially because they suck at defense too. Mm-hmm. And Aaron Gordon is a good defender. Um. Spurs again. I think that if they're if they're getting rid of Lamarcus Aldridge, they need some more bigs um, because I do believe that they want to make the playoffs this year. And then the Memphis Grizzlies. I got the John Morant shirt underneath. Forgot to take my sweatshirt off, and I'm realizing that right now. Um, <laughs> but the Memphis Grizzlies. Um, I think that you know just also another young player, good next to Jaron Jackson. I think that would be a good. But I don't know if they're buyers either. Yeah. So so Aaron Gordon like. I, I like I, I think he's a very good trade target, but but when you look at like if if you look at like an article of like wants for every team at this year's trade deadline, like Bleacher Report will put half the team to saying they just like they want Aaron Gordon. <laughs> and so that's what I'm saying. Like I think he's overrated as a trade uh, like asset sometimes in, in like stuff like that. Um just because I think he kind of work anywhere. But that's not to say like he's not a very good player. But but it's it's one of those things, like you said, like as individuals, people are like, oh, you know, every team would love to have Terrence Ross as, like, the spark plug off the bench, a scorer off the bench. But then, like, the, the Magic as a team are just garbage, bro. <laughs> like, like why is it they have, like, six different trade assets that everybody wants, but then, like, they can't play well as a team? So that's that's what I don't get. Like, it's a little bit of a red flag. Something doesn't add up. Exactly. Yeah. Um, um, but honestly, I, I for, uh, for a team, like, any team that would want extra scoring, I think Evan Fournier or Terrence Ross would yep. be great, would, would be great, like, sixth men. Obviously, Vucevic is more of, like, a big buy. Um, and then Kem Birch is, like, probably a pretty cheap center. If you just need, like, one more big guy to attack on your rotation. Like, I think he would, like, he's the, on a tradable the, the contract. Nets, the Nets would like him. Exactly. He's on a tradable contract. And it's, like, they're not going to be charging that much for him when they've got Vucevic and Mobamba, I think. You know? Like, yeah. like I'm, I'm, not, I'm not an expert on Kem Birch. But, like... <laughs> Kem Birch expert here says... <laughs> I got my doctorate in Kimbert. <laughs> no, no, no. But, but, but I think like, I, I, I think, I think if any team's like willing to sell on a center, it's, it's the, it's the magic. Um, thank you, doctor. <laughs> yeah, you're welcome. And then another team that's, a, that's selling is probably the Kings, uh, a team that we would have hoped would be in the playoffs this year, but they has kind not. of fallen out. Yeah. Um, Buddy Heald and Harrison Barnes, they've already, they've already, Kind of like I don't know, let let uh, Bogdan Bogdanovich go uh, or Bojan Bogdanovich go like last summer uh, to the Hawks because he was restricted free agent and they didn't match him. Um, and Buddy Heald and Her- or Harrison Barnes could be next. Yeah, I I would expect one of them to depart because they're not doing anything on the Kings and I think other teams would want him. Buddy Heald is a sniper. It's just he's also a revolving door on defense. Yeah, I would hope that and he's it, also older than you would think. By the way, like, yeah, like, like he, he played, four, like, yeah, he spent four years in college. And then there was also the scandal of like he actually might be two years older oh, than yeah. like everybody thought too. Dude, that so was so. There's crazy. like a real chance Buddy Heald is like 28 right now or something like that. <laughs> oh my, he is 28. Yeah, he yeah. Is 28. 
Oh yeah, that's all. Yeah, no, he's definitely not a, like a young player. But I think uh, I don't know, like literally, like the the Sixers could trade for him because they already have a good defense. Like he could just be Seth Curry two point for them. Yeah, except yeah. like arguably better. Um, and then Harrison Barnes, he's also pretty old, but he he's you know just like a solid wing. Like any team from like the Spurs, Blazers, it's like just same teams that we've been throwing out all day. Like maybe the the Celtics could bring him in off the bench or something. But I think his contract's pretty big. But I think. You know, most teams would want a Harrison Barnes. Um, I agree. Next up, Al Horford. He has actually been very surprisingly good this year. Or maybe uh, it's just the Sam Presti effect, and he's getting a bunch yeah. of minutes and getting a bunch of shots to pump up his trade value. I, that's why I think it is. For, yeah. for, you think you think that's what it is? Oh, oh I, think, I, think that, I think that's like I think he is getting like minutes and shots to pump up his trade value. I don't think I don't think Al Horford is a bad player. It's just like, you know, I. I I, I I think they're purposely trying to pump up his trade value, and but I don't think it's like I don't think Al Horford fell off the face of the earth in two years either. You know what I mean? Like I think that I think it's still like it's not an inaccurate representation of how good Al Horford is, but I do think that they're purposely trying to like flip him for something. Because if you remember, the Thunder actually got a pick to take on Al Horford's contract, and so it would be shocking, impressive, <laughs> like Sam Presti magic, as if they were able to trade Al Horford and get value because. They actually took on Al Horford as like, someone please take this guy that we overpaid. Like we made a mistake. If you remember, the Sixers did that. They they, they got they have a Sixers first round pick to get rid of Al Horford. Um, and so, if at this trade to trade deadline, somebody's like, yeah, we'll take Al Horford's contract off your hands because we actually want him. We actually want that vet. And so then they don't have the contract and they have the Sixers first round pick. That would be like beautiful 10 million iq that's by some, that's some king of the fourth quarter shit right there <laughs> uh so teams i could see him on i would say the raptors because the raptors have been having a lot of center trouble this year and a lot of defense trouble which is very uncharacteristic for them he go back to the celtics i know celtics fans love them some al horford um and then like i yeah i, I don't know maybe like the pacers or something but they they they, they have a front court log jam there. yeah that's what i was gonna say yeah but i i, I think just like some defense especially because Sabonis and Miles Turner are like super injury prone um but yeah I, I would say Raptors Celtics are the are the main two sure sure I, I, and it's tricky because some of the teams that would want him also can't afford that contract yeah yeah like that's, that's Mo- most teams I yeah would say. yeah but we can jump over to the Clippers um and, and this isn't so much the Clippers as sellers but instead as buyers um I feel like half the half the rumors out there are just the Clippers are interested yeah. in insert good player yeah and, and if you'll remember, this is about, you know, one of the biggest problems with the, with the Clippers last year, why they like couldn't put it together and they weren't the, as perfect of a team as we thought, is they didn't have that like floor general playmaker. And, and they have Kawhi Leonard and Paul George, but both of those guys are like, go figure it out for yourself, go with your own buckets, not so much create for the team guys. Because um, Patrick Beverly was their point guard, and while Patrick Beverly plays his role, he's a good defender, he's scrappy, he's a dog, basically. He's also not a playmaker. You know, he's best next to James Harden on yeah. the Rockets, right? Um, and so what the, the one of the Clippers' biggest weaknesses, if not their biggest weakness, uh, especially since now they have Serge Ibaka instead of Montrose Harrell, because I thought that big man defense was their biggest weakness last year before the playoffs. Um, their biggest weakness this year is that, like, Reggie Jackson is their only point guard and that, like, Lou Williams is the point guard off the bench. Lou Williams also isn't playing well, but, he, but same problem where he's not a playmaker. So what the Clippers need is a point guard and is a playmaker and it's a ball handler. And so Kawhi Leonard was saying that has has been complaining about that, and I think Paul George was complaining about that. 
And so that means that Kyle Lowry, Lonzo Ball, Eric Bledsoe, George Hill are these big trade are some of the biggest trade rumor guys in the NBA right now, and it's all because the Clippers are interested. Yeah, I, I think Kyle Lowry is definitely the biggest name on there. I Absolutely. Think if, if Kyle Lowry gets on the Clippers and they don't give up a starter, if they give up like Lou Williams, Terrence Mann, who's a young player, and like two picks or something like that. And if you could give up like Luke Kennard, like Luke Kennard, yeah, Luke by Kennard. the way, hasn't been playing, but he's like an $18 million yeah, contract. I, I right? don't know. Can we talk? So I, strange. I don't, why did the Clippers give him that contract? So they, strange. They threw him $16 million a year and he just, like, he didn't do anything to deserve that money and he hasn't done anything to deserve that money since he got the money. No, I mean, it was the, it was the weird like. I don't know if he didn't do anything to deserve the money because I know Pistons fans were mad that they didn't like match the contract he, or whatever. But he didn't deserve that money. I'm saying he didn't, yeah. he didn't deserve 16 mil. And the Clippers, the Clippers, like just know know that you have a certain amount of money that you can allocate somewhere. You're already paying Marcus Morris uh, six million dollars a year, which is fine. Like that that's been like pretty good for you. Mm-hmm. But you shouldn't be giving Luke Kennard that same money when he's doing. So yeah, much less. No, I, I mean, he's getting like coaches DNPs, um, and, For and he's on, on like mil. yeah. So it's really bad. Like but, when but, when you're a top five team, that that, that kills a, you. That's that's, what that's, the, you. that's that's the difference between exactly conference finals appearance and and yep. NBA finals champion. Because that's that that little amount of money, right, is, is the difference between you going out and you getting a a like you know that that player that completes your rotation versus like being stuck with yeah so but yeah so i think that they could trade for kyle lowry if they because kyle lowry's on a huge contract but they also have money tied up so i think they could get rid of luke Kennard. they get rid of i guess you would give them maybe marcus morris but i think that's a lot i think i think you i think it would be centered around probably lou williams even though i don't think that lou Lou williams is that valuable yeah they also don't have any picks to give up by the way I don't know why. So first of all, the, the Raptors kind of have already said that they're like they're not going to trade Kyle Lowry, and that hasn't stopped him from being in, in trade rumors, right? Um, yeah, here we are. Exactly. Um, partially, I think because people are like, well, the Raptors aren't as good as as we were expecting this year. Uh, they've already got Fred VanVleet and Norman Powell. Like it might be time to move on from the Demar Derozan, Kyle Lowry, Kawhi Leonard era. Finally. Especially because Serge Ibaka and Marc Gasol left over the summer. Like, let's just commit to the new young guys like OG Ananobi, Chris Boucher, Norman Powell, Fred Van Vliet. Like, that's the new core. Um, and, and trade Kyle Lowry. But if the, if, the, if, the, sorry, if the Clippers don't have that much to give up, right? The 76ers, who are the other team that is being rumored as chasing Kyle Lowry, same thing. Like, what are they going to give? Because um, they've already committed a lot to getting... Ben Simmons, Tobias Harris, Joel Embiid, and getting rid of Al Horford, right? Yeah. Um, th- these these teams that would want Kyle Lowry the most, or that would that he would make the biggest difference on, are the teams that have nothing left to to, to give to to pay for Kyle Lowry. Because we've sort of gotten this arms race in the NBA yeah. where all the top teams have no picks and no money left, yeah. right? Like you think about They're it, maxed like, out. Like all they can do is is get buyout players. Um, so the Clippers would have to, or sorry, the the Raptors would have to really settle to trade Kyle Lowry because they're not going to get that much value back. But if you're a team of the Clippers of seventy or the Seventy Sixers, like Kyle Lowry might be the difference between you winning a championship, winning your conference, and being a first round exit. Yeah, the the other name Lonzo Ball, I think that 
honestly, I'm not that crazy about that. I feel like a lot of people are like, that makes perfect sense. Like, yeah. I don't think so. I think Lonzo Ball is still young. If you want to, like, part of the value that you were giving up by trading whatever you trade is for, just as, you, as the Pelicans. Part of the reason you're trading Lonzo Ball, what you're looking for is a lot of compensation, not for just what he is today, but what he could be in three sure. years. And the Clippers don't care about that. The Clippers just want today. So for that, I, I think that they could get a similar caliber production just today for a better price if they go for someone like Eric Bledsoe. That's what I think. Who, who I acknowledge, like, he's not having the best season, but he's he's everything the Clippers want, except for maybe passing, I guess. But I think and, he, like, I think, can he do it in the playoffs? Yeah, but I think he's just, he's better Patrick Beverly at everything. Yeah. At literally yeah. everything, except for... Patrick Beverly is great on defense. So is Eric Bledsoe. He would use all defensive first team last year. So I, I think that that would be the move if if I'm Jerry West, if I'm the Clippers GM. Now people, I I haven't been watching as much Pelicans as I should be because I actually really like the Pelicans like roster. Um, but people keep saying that Eric Bledsoe looks like he's not really present though. Like he doesn't really yeah, look and, like he's and he's so, giving and so it what? His all. So, so if he's on the Clippers, he would. Exactly. Plus, so if you're, if you're looking also, at basketball reference and being like, yeah. oh, Eric Bledsoe, like whatever, like probably not telling you the full story. Yeah. Also, Eric Bledsoe was traded and in, 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 in the trade. He Clipper? Is that what you're saying? No, 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 no. no. I, I, right. Yes, but no, I was saying Eric Bledsoe was traded this summer for, for Drew Holiday but he was not the main asset whatsoever in that trade. The main asset the was, was the three first round picks. Yeah. So I th- I think Eric Bledsoe's value is like pretty low. Obviously, if that's what they had, if if that's what the the Bucks had to give up, and and they yeah. and Eric Bledsoe didn't hold that much weight alone. Well, his his value is also at an all time low right now. Because yeah. it, it's the reverse effect of the Al Horford thing. While while the Thunder have been like pumping him up, giving a lot of minutes, giving him a lot of shots, like. Eric Bledsoe has been like sitting, not playing, and so what you're doing is you're guessing on his value from two years ago or from last year, not so much buying based on what he's doing this season. Yeah, and the, lo- the the reason the reason I wanted to say real quick is is like why the Pelicans would even trade Lonzo, um, because you're like he's this young guy, he was a second overall pick, he's got a lot of potential. Is well, their incentive to trade Lonzo has actually probably gone down because yeah, they we were they were talking about this like Lonzo Ball and JJ Redick were on the trading block a couple months ago, and since then, Lonzo's been on a tear from three, right? I picked him up in fantasy basketball. It's making me look like a genius because, like, all of a sudden he can't miss, right? He's having more – he's having, like, higher assist games. So you had this issue where it's like, does he fit that well with Zion? Does he fit that well with Brandon Ingram? You just paid Steven Adams all this money, so now you're stuck with him. Like, if he's not a shooter, if he can only play in transition, then, like, you know, maybe this core that you've got going doesn't really work so well together. Um, if you're gonna have to pay Brandon Ingram a max, Zion a max, do you want to also pay Lonzo a max? Like, it made sense to maybe try to dish him for for this potential for for like for all that his potential is worth when he's not having the best season this year, um, and try to get some like you know win now or future compensation back. Kind of, you know, but now the thing is he's playing so well as the last few weeks or the last couple of months that it's like, okay, whatever money problems you were worried about or any fit problems that you were worried about, you ignore that and you pay him and you figure it out because Lonzo's playing that well. Yeah, I guess. Um, the last name, George Hill. I, th- I think he's just right on offense, can shoot the ball. Um, he's been 
playing great for the Thunder, but the Thunder are definitely going to be willing to part with him. I think mm-hmm. his contract also expires, so there's no risk involved um, for the Thunder, so they're willing to part with him. That's similar to the Al Horford thing. It's like, if, yeah. if they could flip him for a pick, they will. Yeah, totally. Um, the, the next name, John Collins. Yeah. He's been, from, from like the first game of the year, he's kind of been on the trade block, or at least in the trade rumors, because he is up for an extension. He's going to be a restricted free agent this offseason, and the Hawks are rumored to not really want to pay him that much money because John Collins, um, I think they offered him, I don't know, like $16 million a year, maybe maybe more. Um, and, and he was like, no, like pay me more. Yeah. And with that, it's like the Hawks are like, okay, uh, like, like look, like if we could get a lot of value for this guy and not get roped into a bad contract, like we're, we might be open to that. I think it was I think it was more than sixteen too. I think it was like over twenty yeah, million yeah. a year. Yeah, and and the other thing is him and Trey Young got into like a scuffle, so that your two best players fighting. Yeah, not the, a good sign. The the rumors that are also that like he wants a bigger role in the offense. That that they, that it's it's just the Trey Young show in Atlanta, and, and for good reason. But John Collins feels like he's too good to to be kind of like I don't know like second fiddle like or or not or that he's not getting enough respect there. Makes sense why John Collins might want out. Makes sense why the Hawks might not want to pay him. So that leaves you with what teams would he go to? Um, the Timberwolves are one of the ones in conversation. The argument being, okay, he brings a lot of offense. He's got a lot of potential. He might not have to give up that much to get him. He'd fit next to he fit well next to Carl Anthony Towns. I think boo the defense would be even worse. Like that doesn't make sense. <laughs> so because the rumor was that like. The, the, the Timberwolves were dying to trade him. Yeah. Um, you have written down the Celtics, same thing, like the Celtics at center. They're always in the market for that, even though they never pull the trigger. What you doing, Danny Ainge? Uh, the Bulls, I'd like that. Um, do you have the, to give the, up like the Wendell thing, Carter? The only thing, him and, him and Lowry Markkinen overlap tremendously. That'd sure. Be, but but the, there was a report that sure. they're interested in him. Yeah. So I just put that down. Um. So it's interesting. The The other thing, though, is that I don't think that he actually will be traded before the deadline only because I think the Hawks don't have a lot of pressure to, to trade him right now. I think he's got I think he's got the rest of this year and next year on his contract, and so you don't have to trade him at the deadline necessarily. You you just have to, like, extend him or whatever. I don't know. So I think that the, I think the pressure to trade him, like, in the next five days – isn't that high and therefore you're going to have to really wow the Hawks to pull this trade off whereas a year from now the pressure will be a lot higher yeah so yeah he, he double does, check my work on that but yeah so I, I think he does have one more year and then and then he hits restricted free agency and the problem with restricted free agency Actually, is like no, no no I'm wrong I'm wrong he's going to be a restricted free agent this offseason because you have the qualifying offer that's here if you want okay but he's going to be a restricted free agent so I think worst case scenario they re-sign him to the bigger contract and then teams would still trade for him it just his yeah. value might go down a little bit more but i i, I would say take your time with that because you don't want to like force your own hand by doing it in the next five days or whatever yeah the last name that's big on here chris that's porzingis this one's like kind of surprising to me i don't i don't know about you um i mean we're both knicks fans so we've got some chris that's porzingis love no but we, i dude i'm like Hey, everyone, including myself, was like, "Oh, this is a horrible trade." But you know, we're we're sitting pretty here. We we have two first as round the, picks as the Knicks. Yeah, we're we're, I, we're sitting I, pretty I, here. I have bet. I like I like I like wish we never made this trade every single day. 
Really? Oh my god. Dude, Porzingis has Porzingis has done nothing for the Mavericks. Look up his basketball reference right now. Dude, Porzingis has done nothing for the he's he's been injured and the Mavericks are bad. I'm I'm I still like like two first round picks to Chris Isaac Porzingis. I miss this man. Nah. Like <laughs> I understand what you're saying about the injuries, right? And, and so that's that's the argument against it. He's but, missed half the season already. Yeah, but seven foot three, ranged like I, none other, right? Like like the potential is unreal. The problem is that when you watch a a, a Mavericks game, it doesn't matter if Kristaps Porzingis scores two points or forty, it feels like he's not touching the ball enough. <laughs> I'm so serious. Next time the Mavericks are on. If you next on national TV, if you got league pass, whatever, throw him on. When Chris Dasporzing is on the court, it feels like they should t- he should touch the ball every possession, and he doesn't, right? Or I was watching the game last, like like the other night, and it's like they didn't. He's on the court for like three minutes, and he like touches the ball like twice, and I'm like, what, bro, like what is up with Chris Dasporzing? This man just like is not taking shots, <laughs> and then he comes down one possession, boom, hits a three, and then the next position. B lines for the basket and one. And it's like, okay, so all you needed to do was hit one shot and then you go on the next position and do the exact same thing. So, like, why doesn't he just have that aggression every single time on the court? I think when Chris Porzingis puts his mind to it, is unreal. Like, it's still like one of the most unstoppable forces in the league, by the way. Like, like I he's just I think he's ridiculous. I love Chris Porzingis. But I think he's too passive. And I think he's never on the court. And I don't think those things are unrelated. But to give up on Kristaps Porzingis right now, I think if you're the Mavericks, bad decision. Hang on to this man. Hang on to this man. Yeah, no, and, I, and, I agree. I don't think they should trade him. And, and so, so the fact that he's even in, in, in trade rumors, shame on you, Mark Cuban. Yeah. Um, so right now, I just want to list a few names that are kind of like vets that just general teams that could, could trade for before we uh, end the episode. Um, JJ Redick, George Hill... Larry Nance, which is hilarious because like four days ago, Larry Nance tweeted, stop putting me in your trade rumors. So I just want to, <laughs> to mention that. Um, Otto Porter, um, General 3D Wing. Um, Wayne Ellington, again, another 3, 3D Wing. I think Reggie Bullock, if if the if the Knicks are willing to part with him, even though he had the goatly steal like two days sick. ago. That was and so hyper. That would, be, that would be like what they do with Marcus Morris last year. Where they yeah. just like trade their starting small forward at the deadline. Yeah, for, for some value because they signed him for nothing. Um, and no, dude, I mean, he's been good. The dude, Knicks the, are a playoff team the, right now, though, so yeah, I don't think that we that, would. That's, that's why I don't, That's why I actually don't have yeah. one unless it just came to my mind. Dude, the Knicks culture is phenomenal, by the way. It just, it's so it, fun. Everyone's playing hard and having it's fun. It's so fun. It, it's awesome. Um, and then the last name, he's not as much of a vet, I don't think, but Norman Powell, he's putting like 18, 19 points a game yeah. this year. Dude, I don't know I, I why think, the Raptors would trade Norman Powell, though. Like, I, like, I, I, no, I, think, I, I think teams would love Norman Powell, but... I guess maybe if you don't trade Kyle Lowry, then maybe you trade Norman Powell, right? But I think hold on to him, bro. Like, dude, he's a gem, dude. I think yeah, he, he's a gem. I, I think he might be the most underrated player in the NBA. And I hate to oh, say, oh, he's absolutely up there. I I had to say like more underrated because if you think someone's underrated, then you're not underrating him. But I think he's mm. the most underrated player. Like the, a guy, and he he did it last year too. It's yeah. not like this is this new thing. He did it last year too. No, like yeah, like. You should just know who Norman Powell is, like, yeah. if, you're, if you're listening to this podcast. <laughs> Stay woke. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Space Floor Me podcast. Uh, we hope you enjoyed. Follow us on Instagram and Twitter. And if you're listening on YouTube, like and subscribe. We're also on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. And thank you so much. My name is Connor Geelan. And I'm Connor Flannery. And see you next time. Peace. Shout, shout out to Oral Roberts.
for uh, busting the brackets. Shout out to Tingus Pingus. 